Welcome, everybody, to our first ever podcast episode of Crushing Comics. I'm just going to give a brief intro of the crew here and why we're coming to you as a podcast, and then we're going to dig in to even deeper discussion. So I'm joined here with two of my friends, two of my favorite comic fans in the world, Tyler and Faria. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm good. I just finished um, washing up my fresh grocery. <laughs> Such is the life, right? The like wipe down of the things that come from outside the house. And then you get vegetables, you got to wash them properly before you put them in the fridge. Otherwise, they they rot pretty easily. So those kind of things. (laughs) And Freya, is your day as equally as exciting as Tyler's day right now? Um, it was exciting in a way that today is the first time I actually went to Barnes and Noble, like mm-hmm. after like since the quarantine and everything happened, because I had a gift card and I really desperately wanted an instant retail therapy gratification, and I didn't want to just kind of get um, like you know order online and then wait to get it. I you needed it to be the right instant then. gratification. Yeah, I needed like it right then and there. So. Um, I got myself a small, which is pretty much like just three bucks, and it was very satisfying. It was very satisfying. It felt I felt bad that I paid like a full cover price, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's okay. the price of instant it's, gratification. Yeah, it was like that difference was just instant, like so good. Oh, just so good. Well, look, you might know me or Faria or Tyler from my YouTube channel on your, from Faria's YouTube channel. So on YouTube, mm-hmm. we have discussed all of House of X and Powers of X in 2019. We're currently in the middle of discussing X of Swords. And of course, I've done a lot of YouTube shows about my move to New Zealand, getting all of my comic books here and talking about my love of comic books. And a lot of that is sourced from my website, Crushing Crisis. It used to be the longest running blog in Philadelphia, but now it's one of the most comprehensive guides to collecting comic books and reading them in order on the entire internet, especially when it comes to Marvel. So as we've been having these very lengthy weekly episodes talking about the current X-Men crossover X of Swords, we have a lot of people asking us, well, shouldn't couldn't that just be a podcast? Or like, or more troubling,ly people saying, I've got the YouTube up on the dash of my car during the, yeah. the commute. So I'm like, <laughs> let's talk about how we can get this into a podcast. But we didn't want to just start cold in the middle of X of Swords. So even though we're in a major X-Men phase right now, we thought let's do an introductory episode about us, about where we've come from and where we're going to as a reader, and then we'll jump you deep into the X-Men stuff and also maybe some non-X-Men stuff. So um, I wanted to say that Crushing Comics, you know, as a brand, it's just what I call that part of my website because it's always been Crushing Crisis. I'm known as Crisis all over the internet, Crisis with a K. I have been for almost 25 years. But Crushing Comics is just the idea of um, kind of loving comics enough to talk about them seriously. I'm never really interested in this idea of, well, it was bad, but it's just a comic. Like, no, comics can be bad. Comics can do better. We can have realistic critiques to make of the writing, the art, the lettering, the interior, you know, the internal design of a comic book. And that doesn't mean we don't like them. It doesn't mean that we're attacking them or their creators. It just means that we take them seriously. Uh, And that to me is what Crushing Comics is about. And so much of that has been developed alongside of Tyler and Freya and also our friend Zach, that I feel like they're an integral part of the brand. But it doesn't mean that all three of us are always going to be the voices. There could be other voices sometimes. Some of us might take a break. This is just going to be always us taking comics very, very seriously and uh, talking about them like the amazing art form that they are. Would you add anything to that manifesto, Freya or Tyler? 
Oh, we are going to also talk about shininess of hair because that's important to us. And, you know, and then, you know, just speak it for yourself when you say that we're not attacking people. If things are bad, we're, we're, going, to, we're going to go deep and we're going to talk about those, those things and we're going to blame people for that. Yeah, no someone attacks, but blame, for, blame is someone, okay. Someone needs to pay for the time I wasted on bad things. I don't like that, you know, and I really, I really absolutely hate it when someone's like, oh, it was just a comic. What does that even mean? No, my time and money mean something to me, people. So it cannot be bad. See, but you cannot make me read bad comics. You need to experience the bad in order to know what is the best or what is really good. So without, without the, um, you know, without comparing, you will not be able to at least, at least, I think you will not be able to discern um, what suits you better. I think that's that should. That oh, should no, no, and that's no, 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 and that's completely like you know completely right. I I do know that about things that, like you know, some some things are just off limit or deal breaker to certain people, right? Yeah. And that's completely fine. I'm talking about just things that are straight up bad. Like <laughs> everyone knows that they're bad. Like, you know, there is there is no redeeming fact. There is no like you know. It's like it's just bad. Like no, I hate those comics. I read enough. Like you know, Tyler, uh, Peter can uh, like you know talk about it. Like yeah. I read a lot of comics over like you the do. last four years. You read <laughs> and, a lot. Both of you actually are two of the most voracious readers I know. I mean, I try to read four hundred or four thousand issues a year, which is over four almost four hundred a month. Yeah. This year I'm a little behind, but Freya, no matter how fast I think. I'm reading. Then that week when I talked to Freya, she has read twice as many comic books as me. She's part of the challenge of doing this is going to be getting figuring out a speed that we can read that Freya will commit to reading slowly enough that we can keep yeah. up with her. Uh, but that's you know, what I'm saying so I know my comics, so you cannot yeah. tell me that you know, like, and I know a lot of bad ones. Ugh. Well, also I'm reminded of that quote that writing about music is like dancing about architecture. Like here we are, especially if you're listening to us rather than seeing this on YouTube or you know or a visual medium. We are now talking about comics, which are an inherently visual and textual medium. And, you know, we're talking about hair shininess without being able to, like, show hair shininess. And it's just, you know, it's it's just like another step away, right? It's like dancing about architecture. This dance is about architecture. This podcast is about comic books, you know? So I, I think it might be helpful to folks, whether they know us well or not, to talk a little bit more about, like, who we are and where we are, because I think that informs a little bit of our opinions on some mm-hmm. of these things. So, Tyler, why don't we start with you? Um, where, Who are you, Tyler, and where are you right now to the yeah, degree that you're you comfortable in- being specific about it? Why um, are you in our Zoom meeting? And why? <laughs> why? <laughs> who, where, and why? Um, I, I'm currently in New York City. So um, I grew up in Singapore. So um, these are the only two cities that I, I have ever lived in. So Singapore and New York City. So, um, and who am I? Hmm. It's a, it's, it's a pretty complex answer, a question to ask, to answer, because um, there are many different facets, you know, to a person. So I would say that, okay, the, the comics version of me is this. Like, I grew up reading um, my uncle's uh, Uncanny X-Men collection, and that's how I got into comics. So, and then, of course, right now, I branch into um, a lot of um, different different titles, um, Marvel, Marvel uh, Image, Dark Horse, a little bit of DC, um, 
and we can explore why you know in 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 the different episode but um that's the reason that there's a little bit of a reason behind that and then um and then sometimes boom as well so um you know um that's in short that's the comics me very cool freya what about you who are you and where are you at the moment so um i'm freya i am uh i like to say tell people that i'm a engineer by day and a comic nerd by any time of the day kind of thing so I started reading comics um like when I was five but it was Tintin and I used to read Tintin like non-stop since that like you know since I first got the fir- my first book and then kept reading it until I think the books were all torn and had to be thrown <laughs> out no, no. um the, the the books the books I know I know what you're talking about those big books which are soft uh-huh. cover right they are exactly. actually not very well the binding is actually not very very good because it's I not. I used to borrow the library ones when I just open it and everything just fall apart <laughs> exactly Tyler knows which one I'm talking about because I'm actually uh, originally from Bangladesh and I think we got the same version of things maybe one in English and one in Bangla uh, things were not very good <laughs> back home um, anyway so and then I think it was around somewhere around 2005 after Batman begins I started reading a bunch of Batman books like you know all one like you know standalone batman um uh, books um and then i think somewhere around 2014 i started reading ultimate marvel and i read every single issue of ultimate marvel and i cannot scrap them from my brain no matter how much i try they're so bad those are bad comics oh my god i mean there was a reason behind them they serve their purpose. It's great. I, for one, so glad that they never took over 616 Universe. Um, and then I kind of, after that, started reading uh, Marvel comics and then DC comics. There was a time I couldn't read DC comics after reading Garth Ennis's Boys, but that's another time story. And then I kind of went into this whole journey of reading a whole bunch of indie comics, regardless of the publisher. Um, and nowadays, I'm also reading a little bit of manga. So I don't know hmm. where that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of where I am, I mean, if you're listening to it 2020, I'm in Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania. If you're listening in 2024, I will be in some other city. I, I can guarantee you that because... Um, since 2007, I lived in three, four, five, six, seven, seven cities. <laughs> since 2007, I lived in seven cities. So, you know, so you, it kind of tells you where I will be. Um, but yeah, so that's where that's, you know, kind of comic version of me. Yes. Um, and then obviously there are some other facets and as i think as we discuss it will come through yes well i'm going to start with the where of me because i think it actually connects really interestingly to both of you i at the moment uh also am an immigrant i moved from philadelphia where freya is now where i lived my entire life to wellington new zealand in 2017 which is very well documented on youtube and like tyler they're the only two places i've ever lived i used to say that when i lived in philadelphia i'd always lived within eight miles of that iconic city hall it used to be one of one of the uh, tallest i think masonry structures in the world i'd never lived more than eight hour eight miles away 
And, uh, and now I'm in a totally different place. It's the only two places that I've ever lived. So it's really interesting the ways that the three of us overlap in that way. And uh, in terms of who I am, you know, I've read comics for a really long time. I grew up in a family that was not super artistic, but they were fans of artistic things. And so I'm a musician and I loved a lot of music as a kid. Nobody super musical in my family, but they all thought it was cool to love music, to go to concerts, to encourage me. And the same with comics. And this maybe can bring us back around to a next point. The first comic I bought with my own money was X-Men 3 in 1991, which was actually Chris Claremont's last issue. Kind of funny that um, there's no bad jumping on point, right? Like I picked up Chris Claremont's last issue. I was like, this is great. Let's read comics. And uh, and when my family found out and I was like this is so cool it's got so much cool art and the reason I bought it is because there's so many women on the cover and so much storytelling for kids at that time in 1991 if it was action it was very kind of like all men with like the, the token smurfette you know and being in a family of really strong women and being raised by a single mother I was like this is cool it's like a team that acknowledges that both genders are part of the action and when my family saw that that Christmas actually they got me all of these X-Men comics they found like the gift set of all the covers of X-Men number one and they got me all this other stuff and kind of like started me on my path. And so I am still on that path, you know, some, uh, gosh, how long has it been now since then? Almost 30 years later, I own every X-Men comic that's ever been published. I own close to every Marvel comic that's been ever published in some form or another. And I come to comics as somebody who really loves deconstructing the art of comics and also loves the kind of taxonomy of comics, right? Like, why do publishers publish the way they do? Why do series get restarted when they do? Um, You know, why is the story broken up as it is? I love that. So I don't just read Marvel, although I have a ton of Marvel experience, of course. I actually read, in the past year or two, um, pretty much every comic out from every major publisher. That's how I spend my time. Remains to be seen if it's going to keep happening in 2021. So I read DC. I love Wonder Woman. I read Image. I love a ton of Image titles. I'll definitely talk about one of those later in this episode. And I'm pretty much up for everything. Manga, I've only dipped my toe into a little bit, but anything else, I'm pretty much fair game. I read European BD. I read web comics. Manga is the only one that I haven't like fully gone into. And I think it's just because I haven't found the one that like super appeals to me. But based on that, since so the first comic I bought with my own money, X-Men 3 in 1991, Tyler, what was the first comic that you bought with your own money? Mine was a touch earlier than you. Yeah, just that a bit. That would be Uncanny X-Men 270, which is chapter one of the Extinction Agenda. I can so see the, it in my the iconic cover in my head yeah, immediately. Yeah, it's like the one where Havok basically broke the Uncanny X-Men logo. And Ooh, yeah. I know that. Now what you know. made you get that? Was it just like a cool graphic design? Did you just have money to spend? Like, why did you buy it? Um, I wanted to start collecting. And I, at that time, what happened was, well, like I said, I read my uncle's Uncanny X-Men collection. And um, I distinctively remember that I started reading um, that his, the first issue that he has, which is not the first Uncanny X-Men book that I read. The, 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 the first floppy that I read from his collection is chapter one of um, Four of the Mutants. Mm. So he had everything from Fall of the Mutants all the way up to, um, you know, Unc- uh, Uncanny X Men two sixty nine, which is the Rogue in uh, One Salvage of my Land, all time favorites. Yeah. And then after that, um, you know, I was like, oh, this is cool. I can start collecting from that point onwards. And you know, and then um, I think I do remember that one of the things that sort of um, 
was in my mind when I first started collecting. I was like, oh, maybe I should just collect the crossovers, and then the rest of it I can read my I can I can read my uncle's one <laughs> to save some money because at that time I'm still in school, and then um, but no, people who collect comics know that once you start buying the there's first issue, there's never enough. There's never yeah. Never because in, immediately after I bought two two seventy, um, well at that time I'm in Singapore, so. We don't. I th- I think we have only like three uh local comic shop in in the entire country, and I think I found a copy of two sixty nine uh two sixty nine for um a little bit over cover price like you know the, a month later. So I was like, um, should I buy it? Should I not? Should I buy it? Should I not? And then I was like, okay, let's buy it. And I bought that one, which is a good thing because um. Uh, I think like three months later, the price of the comics would have been like three times as much, and I yeah. w- wouldn't be able to, because that that was, um, you know, the, in my opinion, um, Jim Lee at at his best, yeah. like he was doing, he was turning out stuff that was so dynamic that you know if you compare his more recent stuff or even after X Men three, like X Men four, five, six, when Claremont left, it felt a little bit st- static. And it's not as dynamic as some of his earlier Uncanny Max X-Men stuff. I would agree with that. Freya, so we know that you were a Tintin fan, but when was the first time post-Tintin that you had money in your hand and you're like, I am buying this comic for me to enjoy it, a comic? What was the first for you? So, so it wasn't actually a comic, like a single issue. It was a trade paperback set. Um, and I got it with my scholarship money. Is it like scholarship money or... Someone gave me some money. <laughs> I bought it. I don't know which one was it. Uh, Neil Gaiman Sandman. Ah, so, yeah. mm. so I got like all, uh, like I think at that time there was 10 of them. Uh, 10 trade uh, paperbacks. Yeah. Uh, because before then I was actually reading collected edition, like when I was reading Batman uh, from the library. Um, but it's it. so this is one time because I was, uh, I, I am to this day a huge Neil Gaiman fan. And um, so I got that. $110 of eBay in Canada, you know, so, which was overpaying. I pretty much overpaid, yeah. you know, but the thing is like, it was very satisfying because <laughs> I got all 10 of the trade and I read it and, you know, really enjoyed it. Even though at that time I was like, oh, this is not comic because this is Neil Gaiman. He writes literature. <laughs> he writes, he writes yeah. literature because, you know, me being dummy i read american gods by him first and which i think his later work like sandman once one of his earlier work and then yeah. i'm like oh yeah, yeah this is not comic this is like literature you guys i was one of those i'm no longer please forgive me um so that was my first like you know with myself like you know with my like you know money that i had um and then since I, I think after that, there was a huge gap. Like my next purchase was in 2016. Uh, yeah. And this time, because, you know, I was actually reading it online or reading it like, you know, through libraries. Uh, this time I bought uh, Captain America by Brubaker, the Winter Soldier, the complete collection. So that was my second one. Like, you know, second thing I bought. Uh, but then all of those are sold. Like they turned into absolute versions. They turned into omnibus version. Now I'm like a premium format person, but I will read anything, no matter what the format is like, you know, uh, but I, that's where, that's where I kind of started. So why did you buy Winter Soldier? Does Chris Evans' ass has anything to do with it? Yeah. Had you yeah, been drawn I, in from the movies? 
Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> kind of where it all started, right? Uh, believe it or not, I think it was it was um, Captain America Winter Soldier which got me into reading Ultimate Comics, like Ultimate Universe. Either because I saw the trailer, and now I can't remember whether it's because I saw the trailer and I thought that I should start reading some of these, or and then I went into some forum and someone told me that's where you start. Wrong idea, by the way. Don't <laughs> don't do that. Um, because I'm like, who are these people? Oh my god! But then, um, then I think uh, once I saw the movie, then it it was like being sold everywhere as like, oh, this is the comic to start. And it's actually surprisingly very close to the movie compared to all the other. It's stuff. one of the most directly yeah. adapted Marvel right. movies. In ter- I mean, yeah. they, they don't like crash a helicarrier into the Pentagon. I don't think. And like, no, no, it's been a while since I've read it. But uh, just in terms of general plot beats, actually, I think they, it's one of the most closely adapted. There is an explosion in Philadelphia, by the way, in it. But the thing is, it's not Pentagon. It's not. And then there is also no. Um, Robert Redford's character, yeah. whatever. Yeah, there's none of that. But the thing is, like, you know, it's like, um, it's Lucan, I think, who's the villain. But anyway, so it was just one of the ones that was very close. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's kind of where it all started. Then I read, I think, yeah. But I have one regret purchase, though, I need to, I want to talk about. And like, one of the ones that I didn't know and I purchased it was the Civil War box set, Marvel Civil War box set. <laughs> Uh, I hated that event. I hate everything to do with it. And it's so heavy. It it was on my in my house for like three years. I hated every minute of it. <laughs> Finally, I actually sold it to a, a colleague of mine, you know, and I it was like only like $30 loss. So well, you brought up a couple of interesting things in there, one of which I think we might just have to save for a future episode, which is this idea of like, what are the kinds of things that bring people into comics? But then later, do you look at them with the same kindness or the same kind of ideas? Like Sandman brings a lot of people in because it's literature. But then later, do you think that that's the only kind of comics that are literature? Hopefully no. And then similarly, Civil War is part of what brought me back to comics after a really long gap. But then I don't look too kindly on it now, but I look kindly on it for bringing me back. But that could be a whole other episode. One thing I want to dig into there, though, is a little bit of the origin story of why we even know each other. So there is a, a, um, a blog, a YouTube channel, a Facebook group called the Omnibus Collectors Network or group. It, it's usually just the Omnibus Collector. And then if it's yeah. it's not plural, it's possessive. And it's this really genuinely cool dude, uh, Riley Moore, who is very similar to us in his tastes and his the span of his collection. And we actually all met, I think that's where you two met too, in yep. Riley's Facebook group, which is like a buy, sell, trade, discuss, discuss group. So you hear all of us talking about acquiring these big collections and Freya talking about buying and selling. Like, that's how we originally met each other. Not as friends bumping into each other as a comic book shop, but on Facebook trading, buying and selling these yep. comics. And I think Freya is probably the best positioned of the three of us to kind of explain, like, how you met me and how you met Tyler, because you're the one who brought us together last year on your old channel. Right. So... I think the first time I talked with you, it was um, a week before Wonder Woman was being released in movie theater, Peter. Uh, And that was because I posted something that someone was doing women's only showing for Wonder Woman. And my God, dudes did not like that because (laughs) God forbid you segregate people. 
um that was not even the it, i didn't even know that, that it was gonna blow up like that so <laughs> people were making all kinds of comments and the admins are over there i wasn't an admin in the group at that time but the admins over there were very good in terms of like just taking care of some of the trash mm -hmm. that was being um <laughs> showing up um and then anyway then i kind of asked them that hey listen uh they shut they sh shut the um, post down. I'm like, hey, can you just open it? I just want to give my final remark. Uh, so I left my final remark and I think it was at that time that Peter messaged me saying that, oh, like, you know, that was really good or something something along the line that that was like, you know, that was a very um, you know, thought-provoking uh, thought comment. And I think since then we started talking and we talked about, we started, uh, we did like a Sandman episode in Peter's uh, um, um, Pierce channel and I think that was my YouTube debut uh, I mean that was it's not I think see that I don't know I remember it in a slightly different order because I do remember that Wonder Woman conversation but we have a, a friend from that group Jesse Bragg who's the Omna dog on YouTube and right. he was interviewing different people and I remember on, I the way I remember it is he interviewed you and me on like consecutive weeks and I remember like I wrote to Jesse and I was like free is a badass and then free like wrote to Jesse and was like Peter's pretty cool and then we were like we should do a YouTube thing together is that is that apocryphal did that actually happen no I know I think that <laughs> no but the thing is we definitely did talk to each other before then yeah but then yes. I think I think yeah well I did do that thing right yes and then maybe then maybe we were talking about doing a Sandman read through and I think that's still it's still true that that was my first YouTube debut as a review. Right. Kind of yeah. Thing, instead of just about talking, talking about yourself. Yeah, because I yeah. think when I talked with Jess, it was about like, you know, who who I am or what are the things we I like or what are the mm -hmm. things, you know, you know, bringing talking about comics and stuff like that, but not necessarily an in-depth review. But mm -hmm. the thing is, we definitely talked before. Yeah. And then it was after that, we were just kind of talking about that. Oh, I'm starting a Sandman read-through and stuff like that. By the way, that read-through we talked about in 2018, I finally finished that in 2020 because of the quarantine. <laughs> and I, I still haven't been past issue eight. Yeah, I, I own think, all of it. It's on my other I, shelf. Still yeah, up to issue I think eight. Peter just gave up after issue eight. It's like this art sucks. And then no, Peter was I did out. not say that. I <laughs> that is blasphemy. <laughs> the receipts are on my channel. Speaking of receipts, because Tyler is usually the master of receipts here. I again kind of knew Tyler in a general way from the group, but you two already were conspiring. Had you been to like some comic cons and stuff together before we wound up as a foursome on the Hicksman report? Right. So the thing is, I know Tyler because we just started talking to each other over chat yeah. one day. We were just like, hey. And then we were just talking. And then we went to... <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. No, that was it... what happened. Because I think what I, I think I made a comment uh, either on your post or on your reply to a post. And then, and then, and then you messaged me and said, hey, that is so true. And... Then I was like, yeah, then we started talking and then you're like, no, that is, that is me. That is my life. We are like so alike in, in yeah, certain aspects of, 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 of how we, you know, of, you know, as, as being from Asia, um, Southeast Asia for me. And then we went over to America and you to Canada and we have like very similar um, education background and experiences. And that's how we started chatting. Yes. Back when and Facebook so, could bring people together. Remember yeah, those days? 
Those were the days. Those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah, Facebook used to bring people together. And then I think in 2018, I was telling, uh, hold on, did we meet before NYCC? Oh, no. Okay, okay, in that case. Okay. It was. So in. New York Comic Con. 2018. Yeah, so then 2018, I was like, well, I'm going to go to NYCC for one day. And Tyler is like, well, I have ticket for all four days. And I need to sell it to someone because I got double tickets or somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll take them. And then Tyler and I, we just rocked up NYCC 2018. <laughs> and that was like the first con we did. Like we thought like Comic Con was going to... But we met in Baltimore first. And we, oh yes, and then we, we so did. So that year we did Baltimore, yeah. Yes, and we also did Baltimore Comic Con, and that's where we yeah. kind of met. And then, yeah. you know, and then we thought that this year we'll be in Comic Con, New York Comic Con as well, but it didn't happen. But that's I always okay. think it's a little ironic that I didn't really become friends with you all until after I left the States, but you've literally just been driving past Philadelphia to see each other this <laughs> whole time. And now Freya lives in my city. Like when she was moving there, she's like, what about this location? What about this neighborhood? And I'm like, yeah, I know, because I've li- I lived there for over 30 years. And now I'm well, in Wellington and, and Tyler and Freya are still in the States. So it's just, it's funny to me. I had yeah. so many years living there where I could have been hanging out with all of you. But I, I think know. internet friends are a lot more valuable to me yeah. now than maybe they were were before and that's why that came about well i mean i have not we i i know of you from your website um even before you joined the group because i was um i pretty much like you i think um i had a break in reading comics so i think i stopped somewhere right around year 2000 and then i did not read i did not pick up a single comics until 2006 2015 at the end of 2015 so and, and the site was, was like really churning by that point i think i had covered every major x-men yep. character and everything so it was it was known like i would arrive places like the omnibus collectors facebook and people would be like oh you're that guy from crushing crisis yeah. which was weird to me because it used to be that in philadelphia people knew me that way because my blog had just been around for so long and if you searched mm-hmm. for things in philadelphia like philadelphia restaurant or philadelphia music you would just find my blog first, yeah. and and so i was used to that in person and i had kind of gotten used to it over the years being yes that's me thank you but then it was strangely weird to me on the internet to have people say to me like I know you from your webpage like which yep. seems like it would make more sense on the internet because that's where the webpage is but I was always I like you know me from my of the whole vast internet of comic books you know me and my webpage so it, it's still weird but it, it happens with frequency you know so I mean the in terms of like I I knew you of your website after I knew you, by the way. Like, I think someone mentioned, like, you know, you mentioned that, oh, this is like, I was like, ooh, this is very helpful. I wish I knew about it, that I wouldn't have read all of Ultimate Marvel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but then um, I was just saying that someone in one of the Comic Cons, I was waiting in line, something, something, and someone actually mentioned your no. blog. That's yes. hilarious. Yes. Yes. And then, you know, that, that happened. It's like, oh, yeah, if you want to know collected edition, I'm like, bitch, please. <laughs> I know I'm part of the inner per- circle. I know, uh, yeah, yeah. I, know, I know who that person is. Like, please. I even corrected Punisher <laughs> collected That's, edition. Like, I remember two, that. Yeah, two things. I, I'm like, I even corrected that. You know, <laughs> so so that was kind of like. But yeah, so I think we came, we came together last year when we were when Hick, when Hickman started X Men, and then we decided that we want to do Hickman Report, which is in Fangirls Assemble channel, which 
I kind of ad- abandoned. I shouldn't have, but hey, life happens. Um, and then, you know, we were just like, hey, we want to talk about uh, Hicksman, uh, like, you know, X-Men, Docs, Dawn of X, or like, sorry, Hawksbox. Hawksbox. And yeah, and then we kind of came together after that. So in a way, am I hearing that Jonathan Hickman brought us together? Jonathan Hickman absolutely brought us <laughs> together because, I, you know, I was a big Jonathan Hickman fan at a point. Uh, and Freya is a huge Jonathan Hickman fan. And... I remember at the time I was just so excited that there was a way to get Freya to read X-Men. Like this is, you know, you have certain friends that you just want to get them into certain things. You're like, watch this TV show with me or like get into this band. I was just, and I don't like to pressure people because if you like twist somebody's arm, they're not going to love it. So I kind of was like waiting, like as if I was in like a duck blind, like waiting for a duck to wonder by, <laughs> you know, throw into a sack. Like what can I do to convince Freya that it's a good idea to read X-Men? And I would just like mention it from time to time. Like Kelly Thompson's writing some yeah. X-Men right now or like, you know, <laughs> And she'd be like, okay, sure. But then when Hick- I'm like, you know, Hickman's going to be writing X-Men. I was like, I gotcha. And so that was, I couldn't turn down the the possibility of talking every week about X-Men. Did, did you I, even have to tell her? I thought she was the one who posted because she she was at the announcement at ECCC. Was, that's I right. You were because you're a Hickman, Hickman stalker. Yeah. So you yes, were, of exactly, course, in the exactly. room. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay, so I went to 2019 C2E2 just to meet Jonathan Hickman. This is not even a joke, like just (laughs) to meet him. Because right before I read all his Marvel work, um, all his indie work, um, I think as of now, I haven't read Decorum uh, and East of West. Other than that, I read everything Mm. by him. And so when I saw that he will be one of the guests, my other friend Harry and myself, we were like, we're going, and then we were actually in front of his his uh, <laughs> like you know his booth like this, and just like Hi, smiling madly. <laughs> yes, and then my friend, I have to say, like, I, uh, like my friend is like, "Hi, uh, Jonathan, this is Fariha. I'll let her talk now." <laughs> <laughs> the jacket from the comic that I was I was wearing like you know as a cosplaying and he's like oh I really like your jacket I'm like he knows (laughs) (laughs) then um the next day they said that oh he's gonna be writing x-men and I was like yes (laughs) I actually did that (laughs) I actually just said yes like that but yes, and then, um, then yeah, then I'm like, oh, now I have to read X Men, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to pick up the origin story from there, you can go to Fangirls Assemble on YouTube yeah. and see that we did last year, I think, a total of fourteen episodes on the twelve issues of House of X and Powers of X, and they were long. I mean, they should have been podcasts, but we, we were young. What can what can I say? And uh, and we <laughs> dug true. into everything, partially also inspired by the folks at Xavier Files doing their Hoxbox talks, and that was kind of the written the writing about comic books, and we we're like, well, we'll do the talking about comic books, and it was kind of crazy we had our friend zach who hopefully will get on some of these shows as well Uh, he's still in the resurrection protocols and uh we 
it was kind of crazy how quickly a new community formed around X-Men on Twitter and formed around X-Men like everywhere on the internet because suddenly X-Men was like worth talking about again. There was really nothing that had been worth talking about for years. And so there wasn't this community of podcasts, of people tweeting, of blogs, of Mm -hmm. YouTube. And like it just kind of sprang up and it just felt really lucky and, and awesome to be in the middle of that and to be in the middle of it with people that wound up being really good friends of mine. So I, uh, Look, we're going to talk about X-Men a lot on this because we that's kind of what brought us together. But I don't want to get the idea that this is exclusively about X-Men. There's a lot of great podcasts about that, including Explain the X-Men, including Battle of the Atom, including so many other ones, which we hopefully will get a chance to highlight as we go on. But mm-hmm. we're going to talk about some X-Men. Like, it, it's going to happen. It's just the nature of this. But we thought, since we kind of gave you our extended origin story, that it might be good to kind of bring it back to comics just for the rest of the episode to ask some comic-related questions. So, um, and I don't think we need to add a ton of discussion outside of the question because I think we've heard a lot about ourselves already. (laughs) Yeah. So my question for the two of you is, if there's only one comic series, it could be a past-concluded series, a current ongoing series, that you could be your only comic to read in 2021. Every time you wanted to read a comic, it would only be this one. What would you choose and why? Tyler, you go first. Um, I would, I mean, given the trajectory of like where, you know, obviously what we are doing and where the comics is, you know, <laughs> my, our interests and the origin is, I, I would say, you know, the entire X-Men line. Current, all, all time, you want to, you want to have all 2000 plus issues of X-Men ever? That That's your, <laughs> that's your answer. Well, Just to be clear. If I want, if I have to select based on what I have read before, and not anticipate like mm. in the future how this line is going to develop, I have to go back to to my my the very first comics that I've ever read, which is Claremont's X Men. That's that's for me. If and that is actually the comics that I've read over and over the most time. I believe I've read it. Um, from the beginning to the end, uh, from beginning to his end, which is X-Men number three, um, that would be, I have read it from, yeah, uh, twice, every single issue. But if we are talking about my uncle's collection, which is from Four of the Mutants all the way up to 269, that would be, I think, four times. Wow. So why not go in for a fifth? (laughs) Yeah, why not? That's right. All six. Well, may, may, maybe we'll chart some of that reread uh, to come yeah. on this channel. So, Freya, if you only had one comic to read for all of 2021 and you couldn't switch to another one, what would you pick? The one that, you know, um, I think I will, like, you know, if this is, like, the, the only comic that I'm going to be reading in 2021, it will be starting from Jonathan Hickman's run on Marvel Sacred Warriors 1, I think that's where he first started, um, all the way to Doc's, um, you know, just his Marvel work, you know, if it's just that the only comics I'm reading in 2021, even though I can tell you, I can finish that in seven days. So it's not, <laughs> it's not like, you know, I can read that fast, but you know, I'm just saying that if that's the only thing I'm reading, it will probably be that it's just like, he makes everyone so cool and it's all about competence porn. No one is having any down days. Everyone is so efficient and getting the job Free done. Free and I love competence so much... porn. 
oh, like people like, being good know, at their jobs. The mm. is, <laughs> like so good, so good. And I really could like, you know, I can't like stand inefficiency in real life. So just to see that and live that, love it, love it. So yeah, so that will be my choice. For me, you know, I, I came down to two and I know can't, and they're very different and I know I can't pick two. I was really tempted to say Wonder Woman because I have pretty much all of Wonder Woman. She was my original favorite before I even had X-Men as a favorite. And I've we've made some noises about doing a read-through and it just hasn't quite come together, but I just think there's such a rich history there. But my actual answer, because I haven't read so much of that, so I don't know, it would probably occupy me for a year. But if I just had to have something to read and reread, I think I would pick Greg, uh, Greg Rucka and Lark's Lazarus. I've reread it multiple times over the past few years. I think it's the best comic of the past decade. Honestly, I do. And uh, I I think it's so, so relevant to the world we're in right now, even though it's future dystopian sci-fi. It's probably my favorite world building in all of comic books. Lark's artwork is perfect in every issue. I think that it's just incomparable. I don't think anything stands up to the world, the characters, the art, and it's dense. You can read it quickly because the plot is driving you to read it quickly, or you can read it slowly because you want to soak up every detail. And I've done both. I've done some reads where it's like I read every new issue as it comes and I just devour them. And there's been times where I'll spend a long day curled up in the couch with the hardcover in front of me, just like paging back and forth, um, kind of reading reading, going back, reading some more, going back and rereading. And there's not a lot of comics that can get me to do that anymore, you know, because I read such a high quantity of comics. It takes a lot to get me to reread a comic book. And to me, that's one of the best recommendations for a comic anymore is a comic that makes me want to go back to it. And I've gone back to Lazarus so many times in the past seven years that I feel like if I had to spend a year just with one comic, that would be enough to occupy me. Have you both read Lazarus? I have. I have not. Oh, so good. So good. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna tell you that that um, Marjorie Liu and Sana Takada's monstrous is actually can be running for the competition in terms of world building and art as Lazarus. Like those two would be my go to if I were picking as a second. I would love to have a conversation about Monstrous at some point because I read it all earlier this year and I went from like really loving it to really hating it to maybe really loving it again. Like I've, I've experienced a lot of emotions about it. Yeah. So I think that would I be can, maybe a fun one to talk about. Yep. And I, <laughs> I, I, can, I can relate to that. And my opinion was it is really boring because I couldn't finish issue one. Oh, I think it is oh like the perfect God. first issue. Oh, all right. Well, really? <laughs> du- duly noted. Monstrous yep. goes on the list. So, all right. So we can definitely talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Faria, what question, what comics question would you like to pose to us today? So, given that, you know, we talked about it, X-Men brought us together, we're going to be talking a little bit more about X-Men um, on this podcast. Um, my question was a little bit X-Men related. And so this is kind of two-prong as we kind of talked about it is that if you were a mutant what power would you like to have and what power you think you would have because it's not by the way mutant dome is not a choice it's evolution (laughs) i needed i needed to put that information out there because some people have still problem understanding that (laughs) that is not a choice you guys Tyler, where what would your what what would you want your mutant power to be, and then what do you think your mutant power would probably be? Um, I think okay, let's start with what I would like my mutant power to be first. 
And that would be the ability to shape shift. Mm. Mm-hmm. So into animals or just mystique like? Yeah, mystique or oh, mystique like. I think it would be oh, mystique like. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so th- um, that would be your natural I, one. That would be not my natural one. <laughs> that would be the one that I would like to have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I, I mean, I think part of it stems from. Um, from 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 me being not confident of uh how I look, um you know either either you know how how I look facially and how I look in terms of my <laughs> built, uh so so I think part of that stems from there and mm. so you know you you wish you have the ability to change it to your perfect form, uh right. you know and that's 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 where I think um I would like my powers to be. Um, what I will end up having is probably some useless power, like big or something. You know, I will like grow, grow, grow feathers, or you know, I have plumage. <laughs> this, that, that. You have like to know that. if you haven't watched our YouTube before. There's a we'll explain our in jokes as we go because there's years of YouTube to catch up on. Plumage. Faria hates Beak. We'll get into the why. <laughs> But Beak from Grant Morrison's X-Men is Freya's least favorite mutant. So if we're talking about Beak, we're talking about the kind of the idea of being ugly and useless. That That's like our code word, at yes. least in Freya's mind. And we'll dig into the psychology of that at a later date. I hate Beak. Okay. <laughs> um, Peter, what would be yours? You know, the one that I've always, always wanted, and I actually have a whole, well, I, we can get into it. The one that I've always wanted is telekinesis. Um, mm. Not because I've always been obsessed with flying and like kind of the bodily autonomy to just kind of take your body wherever you want without a conveyance of a car or an airplane or whatever. I love just sitting on like a swing set and closing my eyes. I've gone skydiving. I've gone parasailing. And uh, even though I'm not this very outdoorsy active person, I just love the idea of being able to fly. And I have the same dream over and over. I've had it my whole life where I'm flying through the sky kind of from outside the Philadelphia skyline and I get close and I kind of just vertically fly up one of the buildings and I have like the perfect control over it. And so I just think that that, you know, that would be the reality for me if I had telekinesis to fly around and to I, even to the degree that Gene at points uses it to like alter the molecules of things, right? You can get into the mm-hmm. idea that telekinesis is actually the ability to finally control the whole world. And I think as somebody who can be a little bit of a control freak and have a little bit of obsessive compulsive tendencies, uh, that's really appealing to me. But then the one I think I actually would have is, uh, you know, I thought a lot about this and I was thinking about Prodigy's power. Prodigy basically has permanent knowledge or permanent muscle memory. Like if you show him something once, he's acquired it and he always has it, which seems really cool because you could like learn languages or learn martial arts or whatever. But also there's like a cursed knowledge aspect to it. Like once he understands something, he can't ever go back to viewing it in the naive way of appreciation that he previously did. And I think that that's kind of what my life is like. Like I don't just get into comic books. I own every Marvel comic book. I don't just become, you know, play guitar. I'm in three bands. I don't just like whenever I get interested in something, I just feel the need to not just like a little bit and like it a lot. And that's something I can work through in my personal life. But I just think in terms of powers that feel like that idea of once you're interested in something, you're cursed with always having to have a deep knowledge of it. It feels like that's actually what I do. It might be my actual mutant power. Nice. So for me, the one that I would like to have is uh, Magneto's power. So like Magneto's power and 
you you're we're gonna say that you know I'm very new to X Men ideas of comics and stuff. But in X Men First Class, the movie, when Michael Fassbender's Magneto stopped all those nuke, then turned it around and then start like wanted to throw it. It was one of the best, most orgasm-inducing scene I've ever seen. <laughs> and not just because it's Michael Fassbender, the man is beautiful, but it's just the whole idea of it. Like, you know, how what power, true mutant power can do and can be. And, and even in Docs, we see that Magneto is kind of held in a pedestal and he should be. But, you know, the man has the hair and the cape and all of that to go with it. But the thing is that power to like, just control metal. And also as an engineer, it's just an extremely cool power to have because, you know, then I can actually just undo a lot of machines and see any problems in them and stuff like that. So that's the one I would like to have. The one I think I would have is actually Medusa's power, who is inhuman, but it can also be mutant because, my God, my hair can do wonders. <laughs> like, it has a mind of its own. And, you know, that so we're, we're all in quarantine. We can't go to the hairdresser. So I started the quarantine with, you know, this much, this length, and look at how much it grew. So, yeah, I mean, you can't see it as a podcast, but, you know, it just grew, like, by 10 inch. And so my hair... And you want it to have the tensile strength of steel, right? Like, isn't that the thing? Every one of her strands of hair has, like, the same tensile strength of, like, a steel band. Right. So the thing is, like, I think because I'm a human and I'm not a mutant, my nature stopped at just giving me that long hair. But if mutant thing was a real thing, my hair would be moving on its own. I can guarantee you that. And that would be my mutant power. No, there, anyway. there is a mutant with with hair power like Medusa. Who is that? Really? Who's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember her name now, but um, let me search for it. Um, is it Freya? Be- can we get it to name, be named Freya? <laughs> but let me. But before I I I, I continue searching, um, my question to the two of you would be like, if if you have if you are going to have someone. I assume you're going to write, but if you have someone to draw your um, comics origin story or life story, who would you choose and why? Hmm. Peter. Ooh, Peter, you go first. Well, we know my first off-the-cuff answer is Greg Land, my favorite X-Men artist. Uh, <laughs> because of the hair? Because yeah. he can draw beautiful so, hair? Again, we're going to have to catch you up on some things that we've talked about before. I Greg Land is frequently reviled in the X-Men fan community because he does a lot of tracing. Not only tracing about their artists and more than just referencing, but definitely tracing. But also he does trace some uh, pornographic material. Uh, and so his lot, a lot of his characters have big O-faces when he's tracing them. But I came back to reading X-Men in 2010 when Land was drawing it and he draws some phenomenal hair and like facial features and teeth because he's tracing them from f- to photographs. So when I think of this, my luscious hair, which I've been growing as well in the pandemic back to my old, uh, powerful curls, I would enjoy Greg, Greg Land hair. But then I thought, okay, Peter, but maybe you haven't appeared in enough pornography for him to have enough likenesses of you to trace. So, yet. um, yeah, yet. So then I was thinking, uh, which is a whole nother story from my past. So, uh, so then I was thinking, who would I pick? I really do love Michael Lark from from Lazarus, but I feel like that's double jeopardy to pick somebody who's been on a comic book I named already. So I think my current answer is Lee Garbutt, 
He drew Skyward mm. for Image. He's currently on alternating arcs of Captain Marvel for uh, with Kelly Thompson at Marvel. And I think for a couple of reasons. One, he draws great hair, which is definitely one of my criteria. If I'm And I've had diff- big hair at various points in my life. But I also think that you need an artist who can kind of capture the excitement of the everyday world without it being fantastical. And so much in Skyward, he was just drawing normal things. He was drawing things just floating and making them feel really fantastical, even though they were just elements of the real world. And thinking about my life, it's a lot of playing guitar. And it's a lot of like, you know, walking around with friends and being in Philadelphia. And I just really could imagine Lee Garbett catch, capturing that, but not having to make it like ultra realistic and but still have having energy. And guitars are hard to draw. Like I was going through a lot of my comics trying to find people who've drawn music well, because some people just don't get how to draw music. And I think if you're going to do a comic of my life, it's, it's going to have a lot of music. But I think uh, Lee Garbett probably could handle that. Yeah. Met Lee Garbett, also fin- like very nice Aww. guy. I, that yeah. makes me so happy because I love his very artwork nice so, so much. Yeah. So Faria, sitting... you oh go ahead. No, 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 I was just saying he's sitting next. He was sitting next to Al Ewing when I met him. I think they did Loki together. They did do right? Loki. That's how I originally yeah. know Al. Um, yeah, so... Lee Garbett, and I love the art on that series. Yeah, so I think you know they were just buddies, so they were sitting oh. together. But yeah. So Faria, you are a big fan of art, and and you've really changed in some of your art opinions over the time that I've known you. Who would you pick right now to answer Tyler's question? Um. So Art and I have interesting relationship because I don't un- like you know I don't understand it or look at it the way you you have done like you know you and both yourself and Tyler. Um, so I understand really good art or really bad art. Nothing in the middle. <laughs> like anything in the middle is just colorblind. I don't understand. I don't care. I don't get it. You know. Um, Leave, leave garbage for example was not one of them. I knew that that was good art when I seen it um, my choice would be Fiona Staple oh um, such a good choice now I'm almost regretful I didn't think of her yeah so the Fiona Staple will be my choice because uh, if you haven't read Saga you should just read Saga for her like you know for just for everything that she does like and Brian Kevon is out there on record saying that I don't do anything. Fiona does everything. Like, Miss Staples does everything. Like, she does the lettering. She does the paneling. She does the art. She does the, like, she does all of it. Um, and she even comes up with the character names. You know, a lot of the things is just because of her. Um, and she, it's, if you just flip through the pages of Saga, you oh, will see so how gorgeous. awesome and beautiful it is. And she does this really cool thing where, because you know, I have a lot of thoughts in my head and then it's just the way she plays the thoughts of like, you know, the narrations and how she does it. It's just done so well. Um, mm-hmm. And she's also very good at, you know, drawing female bodies, yes. which, and cats too, and cats too. And I have cats, cats. ladies with spider abdomens, people with yeah. TV heads. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like all kinds of things which are very common in my life just like music is for peter so so you know those kind of thing i need someone who knows how to draw weird and you know so because sometimes i often see people with like a like you know that if they're being angry i kind of see them as animals and so i would like to kind of include that in my own life stories and i think no one but fiona staples can do that so that will be she will be my choice oh that's such a good one that's a good choice yeah tyler to bring us home 
Well, I don't have one answer because I think that my life is kind of divided. You can divide it into like three different phases. Mm-hmm. So there's a ver- phase one when I'm younger, you know, um, I would like Paul Smith to draw it. Uh, if you have seen his Leave It to Chance, he draw younger people really well. And his art is really great in general, I think, in my opinion. And then when I get to be a little bit more active in my teenage life, you know, um, I would like um, Echo to draw it. Who? Which is Echo. Um, A-C-O. Oh, and he's I amazing. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I mean... I I I've I think I first read his stuff when I, I first saw his stuff in Midnighter. Yes. And his action yes. stuff is like amazing and his panel design is really, really good. It's really dynamic and I thought like, you know, when I'm a little bit more active, um during the phase of life when I'm a little bit more active, he would be a perfect person to draw it. And then, you know, towards the um later half, now and future, I would love um, Dan Mora to draw me. Ooh! Oh, Dan Mora's art is so clean. It's so yes. beautifully, beautifully clean. He, and he, he made could Santa draw. Claus sexy, you guys. Yeah, if you exactly. haven't read Claus, <laughs> tis I'm the saying. season. Get it now. Get it now. And the I don't like coming. Grant Morrison or Santa Claus, and I'm telling you to get it now, okay? It's that Book good. Book 3 is coming. Oh, it's so yes, good. I know. I already pre-ordered that. <laughs> you better believe I pre-ordered that. Sexy Santa Claus. Yeah. I, I'm so, so glad I didn't answer. read it. I am so glad I didn't read it as a kid. Santa Claus would be very different for me if I did that. Like, you know, when I was getting my <laughs> You'd have very different feelings. I would have very different feelings <laughs> towards Santa Claus. I'm so glad I, I read it as an adult when I could control myself. Well, since Tyler got three artists, I do want to throw one more in. The one I, I, when I was coming down to picking Lee Garbett, the other one that I almost, almost picked was Nicola Scott, who draws oh. Black Magic with Greg Rucka. Because Nicola Scott, I love how she draws people with strong features. Like, she draws people with very strong Italian features, Greek features, Middle Eastern features, and they look beautiful, but they don't, they look real. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, like, I, I am 100% Italian, I have very Italian features. And I just thought, like, I think that she could draw me beautifully without trying to make me beautiful so that was the other mm-hmm. one that yeah. that tyler's explanation of why he would pick different people made me yeah. think of that one. and i even chose a different cover artist oh who would be your cover Ooh. artist david mack oh david mack who's uh, famous guy. for dabuki kabuki he does the covers kabuki. for um the fight club sequels he yeah he's a he did american fan. gods yeah. american gods a cover covers and, um, and he also did the covers for um um yes yeah jessica jones alias yeah and he does a lot of cool like mixed media stuff too like it's Mm -hmm. not like he just sketches like he paints he sketches he does uh, applied collage stuff like he's he's really really a lot of diverse materials Mm -hmm. and he's also too nice i don't i don't trust him i actually have met him he's one of the few people i've met and he is super nice yeah, but yeah, but too nice. I don't trust him. Why are you so nice? <laughs> <laughs> Stop being so nice. He's very nice, and he drew a cat in my comp in, my, in the book that I brought him to to sign. Oh, oh really? That's cute. Yeah, a cat face. Oh damn! Now, now yeah. I have to go take. And he said, <laughs> and I remember that. I remember distinctively, distinctively, because he said because I brought books for him to sign on two different days 
in the same con. And the second day when I went to see him, he said, oh, hey, you again. And then he's like, and he's like, you, you are the like most happy fan that I've ever met because you're Aww. always smiling. He said that to me. I was like... <laughs> And that was my very first New York Comic Con. So I was kind of excited, like really um, happy to meet people that I admire or, you know, that I follow for a long time. So I was always cheerful during the con. So That's so nice. Well, look, in future episodes, we're going to have a much more specific comic topic. And for the few that will come directly after this, we're actually going to convert some of our recent conversations about the X of Swords series that has been ongoing into podcast format. So if you've been watching us on YouTube, and, you, and this is 2020, and you're hearing this around the time that it came out, um, that's going to be things maybe you've seen or watched already. But again, we don't want people with YouTube on the dashboard of their car. We don't, we don't have any kind of insurance rider around that. So we're just going to make it a podcast so that people can listen to it. But you're going to find that that's not the only thing we're going to use this Crushing Comics podcast format for. There's definitely some other discussion coming up about some of the things we've mentioned today. Um, and we will disclose at the beginning of each episode what it's about, what the topic is, and if it's going to include any spoilers for present day comics or not. So don't worry. If you're just going to subscribe, you're not going to start and just hear us screaming things out that's going to be heavy spoilers. We'll let you know what we're talking about and what's up. So I guess the thing for all of us to think about, the three of us, and for all of our listeners who are so happy to have to think about is, what do you want to hear us to talk about? You know, it's guaranteed you're going to hear a little bit of X-Men, but what else? And we'd love to hear that from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter. I'm Crushing Comics on Twitter. You can, um, you know, send us m- comments on YouTube if you happen to be seeing this on mm-hmm. YouTube. And we'd love to hear your suggestions because clearly between the three of us, we read just about everything. So just about anything would be fair game. Yep. Any final thoughts everything. on this? our first audio-specific endeavor from you, Tyler? Uh, no, just to round up the the thing that I was saying, the mutant with the uh, hair power. Oh, yeah. Is, um, Lorelai Travis. I kind of remember. What is she from? I feel like I remember she the name. Was, uh, she lives in Mutant Town, and I think uh, she appears in the miniseries 198. Okay. Freya, any final thoughts well, from you on our first audio-only adventure? Lorelai no longer exists. It's Freya now. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm substituting her. Oh. <laughs> That's it. That's my final remark. Excellent. Well, Tyler and Freya, thank you so much for making the time across a world of time zones to talk to me today. And thanks, everybody, for listening to our first try at doing this as a podcast format. So thank you so much. This has been Crushing Comics. To read more and know more, you can see Peter Marinari on YouTube, or you can go to crushingcrisis, that's with a K, dot com to see the most definitive guides to all of Marvel and a lot of DC as well. And we can't wait to talk to you about more comics next time. 